It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. Uh, I am your host, but with me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We are uh, up to our sixth division here uh, in our NFL previews uh, for the 2022 season, and now we have made it to the NFC West, uh, and it is going to be another, I think, strong season for the West, although, Dylan, this year, any hopes, uh, any talk that we've had in recent seasons of all four teams making the playoffs, <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Um, because this is, uh, we've seen one team sort of fall off now. Obviously, we know who that is. We'll get to them in a minute. Uh, but it uh, seems like a three-team race here. Uh, of course, headlined by the defending Super Bowl champions, your Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, even, I'd almost say it's a two-team race. I, well, when we get to the Cardinals, you'll probably, uh, if you've listened to our podcast the last however many months, have not been insanely high on them. It's been not a ton of good news all offseason. I, I know they made the playoffs last year, nearly won the division. But, yeah, uh, obviously the Rams trying to defend. They barely got that division title last year, snuck in despite losing that final game to the Niners, obviously won the Super Bowl. And the Niners themselves felt like they were right on the cusp there. If they don't start slower, they might win that division, and who knows what happens in the postseason. So, yeah. I definitely, like you said, this division doesn't have the strength from top to bottom like it used to, uh, especially with the Seahawks, but even the Cardinals, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins being out the first six weeks. I think based on most of the, uh, you know, I don't know what the, the t- record-wise, I don't think you, you know, the same way these teams kind of cannibalize themselves by the end of it. Don't know if I'm going to be picking either of these teams to get the number one seed when we do our full preview episode, but I do think it's, yeah, it's not, AFC West is, as we talked about a lot in the last episode, it's taken over as the best division. This division now, I think you still got two Super Bowl contenders, which a lot of divisions you can't say that for. Um, but I, I think there's starting to be a separation where it's a top tier, a middle tier, and we'll and we'll talk about the Cardinals and then Seahawks are in their own kind of kind of place right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's those two again. If you want to throw the Cardinals in there, you can, but a lot a lot harder I think for them to get to that top spot. And of course, like you said, Seahawks. Um, yeah, different era now for the Seattle fans there, for sure. All right, let's start with the Rams, who uh, we'll go through, of course, our um, ceiling floor for each of these teams, look at the projected win totals, then we'll give our picks for division MVP, breakout player, and fantasy MVP. We start with the Rams, who are defending Super Bowl champions, and uh, their projected win total at 10.5 right now. And, um, you know, again, we've kind of we went through all of these. Like, this is about what you would expect for the team that's expected to win the division. If you go back through, uh, you know, Packers, Chiefs, they were 10.5, teams like that. Ravens, I think, were 10.5. So that's kind of your number that's sort of settled in for the division leaders. Like, I guess, Dylan, probably except for the Bills. I think the Bills were at 11.5. Yeah. Everyone else, I think the division winner's been at 10.5. So, yeah, same situation here um, for the Rams. And, of course, we've talked about some of the, you know, acquisitions they've made, adding someone like Allen Robinson uh, to the mix on offense. Uh, of course, you've got Cam Akers there now to start the season, uh, you know, feeling healthy, and uh, hopefully, you know, that will be something, too, mm-hmm. that will help the, the running game, uh, unlike last year, you know, with the injury and 
certainly look at the defense and um, all the pieces that are in place there. We know, um, you know, what that, that group is capable of when you just look at it from a, a name value and impact standpoint. So still a lot to like with this Rams team. Like you said, I mean, this is, um, you know, it's never easy in this division, although it's gotten a little bit easier uh, given the Seahawks probably dropping off. But still, I mean, this is, I think to me, this is your clear favorite. It's, you know, we'll talk about the Niners in a second, but a lot to like uh, with this roster for the Rams. Yeah, less uncertainty maybe, obviously, with the Niners, with Trey Lance, and maybe that ends up, as we've talked about, working out insanely well. Maybe San Francisco does take it away, as they did a couple a few years ago. But, yeah, at this point, as long as Stafford's elbow holds up, all, all by all accounts, he's been fine today, uh, today as we're recording. They have the joint practice of the Bengals. He's been playing in all those team drills. So as long as he's on the field, I mean, there are yeah some turnover here, but not so much that you would look at this team and feel like they're going to take a major step back. I feel like you know they finished last year uh, eighth in offensive DVOA, fifth in defense. I mean, I I feel like they're probably going to be in that same kind of range. They're going to be especially in the NFC that's not as deep as the AFC. That's you know they'll be in the mix by the end of it. The schedule definitely harder than last year. They ended up with a, uh, a middle of the pack 16th toughest schedule by the end of last season they're projected to be i believe at the ninth toughest so a little bit of a jump up especially when we get to san francisco that's uh, a, a product of winning the division you get rewarded by playing teams like the, the bills instead of some of the other matchups you could have gotten elsewhere um the bills dallas and green bay i believe are the three uh matchups that they get based on finishing first so kind of tough ones uh there uh, all three of those teams obviously uh, winning their divisions and having uh you know at least the bills some level of postseason success and all have high expectations this year so yeah schedule just top to bottom uh division matchups always tough too uh so it's going to be i think that's that explains the 10 and a half number if they had a bit easier schedule maybe i'd think 11 and a half but you know they went 12 and 5 last year had that bit of a rough stretch and there are there are some questions still you you, you don't have von miller so it's a question who's going to be opposite of leonard floyd justin hollins has played well at times and uh, Terrell Lewis and when he's been healthy but just you know Von Miller once he joined the Rams went on an absolute tear especially in the postseason so losing him obviously going to be interesting Bobby Wagner adds some depth in the middle of the field where they have not uh, a linebacker been insanely deep obviously Ernest Jones kind of came on over the past uh, over the last few weeks of the season had an injury but then played really well in the Super Bowl so it, it's they have it's like they'll, they'll take a step back a little bit in certain ways but then they have some strengths in other spots uh, they lose Darius Williams at corners so they're still they feel pretty good about the guys they got at the number two corner spot they brought Troy Hill back who played really well when he was with the Rams previously so and offensive line maybe some questions there as I've talked about in past episodes yeah obviously even if Joe Nopum has been solid Whitworth losing him definitely tough but you still got Cooper Cup still got a solid group of offensive linemen maybe some questions of the depth with Logan Bruss their third round picketing uh, tearing his ACL and MCL so he's out for the year so maybe some questions on if, if like one or two guys go down but you could say the same thing as we've talked about for a lot of teams on that front still feel good about the depth of their receiver position not saying Lance McCutcheon's going to be playing a ton of snaps but this man's been dominating the preseason and it sounds like they're trying to make give him a spot on the team even if it's like a joint kind of tight end role so yeah they have I think Allen Robinson is it's very exciting to think about what he can do with his ability not just on the outside but in the slot and obviously Cooper plays a lot of time there but they're going to get creative in different ways to utilize him I obviously that's uh, probably the best quarterback situation he's ever had and overall in camp he's been taking on the offense seems just fully motivated to to go off so yeah I think the Rams are going to be right there in the mix just record wise floor ceiling I, I mean if if 
barring injury, I would like to say that nine and eight is probably the absolute floor if they lose like all their one score games. But I'm not putting the ceiling much higher than their le- record last year at twelve and five, just because schedule's brutal. Uh, it's, uh, even if they play really well, there's gonna you're just they're not gonna win all these games against teams like Buffalo, the Packers, the Niners twice. I mean, it's just a it's a tough schedule. But I think by the end of it, they'll be battle tested, and as long as they stay relatively healthy, they'll be right in the mix, just like last year. Yeah, the Bills, as you said, of course, that starts off the season. Two games against the Niners. You've got the Cowboys, a road trip to Tampa to play the Bucks, road trip to New Orleans to play the Saints, road trip to Kansas City yeah. to play the Chiefs, road trip to Green Bay to play the Packers. Um, we laughed in the last podcast, big road trip to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. <laughs> um, but still, I mean, again, look, too, remember, like we said, we've also got home games against teams like the Broncos, the Raiders, yeah. um, you know, and of course, like we said, your, your entire, all your division games. So there are not many of those um, sure fire wins mm-hmm. on the schedule. And in fact, I'd say there's probably, I mean, there's easily less than a handful of those. I mean, we're talking maybe less than three of those in terms of just like full on, probably they should win these games. Yeah. You know, the NFL works. I mean, we've said that too in recent seasons, but um, you never know. But yes, uh, so that is something definitely to keep in mind. I, I'm with you. I think um, I would not go any higher than 12 just based on um, their schedule. And I mean, again, I'd, I'd probably go 9 to 12 just because mm-hmm. look, they could they could lose a lot of these games and still be a very good team just because their schedule is really tough. So um, yeah, I'll go 9 to 12 for the Rams on that. All right, off to the 49ers, who are the second team in the uh, division in terms of projected win total, 9.5 for the Niners. Um, of course, everything with the Niners is probably going to center around their quarterback situation and uh, the emergence of Trey Lance, which uh, I think will will need to happen in order for them to, to challenge for this division. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, so that's certainly one of the biggest storylines heading in. We know the weapons that he has to work with. There's a lot of really good ones there. Um, you know, whether it's Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, of course, George Kittle still there. And there's there's just a lot of potential upside with this offense, depending on how good he can be. Um, so that is certainly something we know the playmakers on the defensive side, too. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, again, there's a lot to like with this 49ers team uh, just based on the personnel. But to me, it's all going to come down to, um, you know, what Trey Lance yeah. can do. Because that could, and that's why I think, look, if you're talking about the Rams and a, a range of you know ceiling floor here mm-hmm. i mean i think their talent will be able to carry them to to some wins even if he's not perfect which i don't expect him to be perfect but let's say if he's average or below average um their talent alone probably carries them to some wins but man this is a wide range in terms of let's say he's you know again let's say he's average but let's also say that he's like good to great and I mean, that's a that's also opening up a lot of possibilities for a team with a, a lot of good players on this roster. Yeah, maybe I'll open it a little bit wider for that reason, to that of a ceiling that I'll, I'll go one game higher, just because uh, 13 wins in the Rams, only because they're scheduled at 21st by you know by the fact that they finish third in the division, they get those uh, bit easier matchups and those and those flex games, uh, which especially helps when you're playing against the nfc north which isn't as deep against um for that one game i I believe they get from the north man struggling to find it on here real quick uh the bears in week one there you go that's why i passed the one i mean like that difference between that and the packers i mean that already in itself you talk about the rams having to face dallas this in this division they're going to probably be yeah washington i mean these are big swing games that by the end of it can make the difference um and i think overall yeah but obviously it's still it all comes down to what 
Trey can do. It's given some of the situations we've seen quarterbacks enter starting their careers or in year two, year three. I mean, there's not a lot of better spots than this offense with Kyle Shanahan and some of the talent they have and where what Brandon Ayuk looks like he can do still having Devo and all the different things, he, versatility he brings to an offense and just a, a really friendly scheme for with the pass with the with the play action game with the the running game and George Kittle another friendly weapon even if there are some reports I, you know take any training camp report with a grain of salt there's uh, things about their connection not necessarily being perfect between Lance and Kittle I'm not uh, expecting that to carry on too long I uh, still got Trent Williams there maybe the rest of the offensive line isn't as dominant as it was a few years ago but I still. Just with, with Kyle Shanahan, I just have a lot of trust in him putting Lance in spots to 60. Now, if he can hit those hit those mid-range passes, if he can hit the layups, and, and some of the big plays will come potentially down the field. He has a lot of arm talent, a lot of strength, and they're definitely going to, at least it, it appears, they're going to be trying to push the ball down the field a bit more than they did with Jimmy. So, I you know, it's the range, I, I guess, with that schedule. I mean, yeah, if he, if he really stars, I mean, they could be – they could maybe they do have a chance uh, to have a one seed potential in this conference just because of the overall depth of the conference isn't as high. Their their projected schedule all the way down at twenty first. So, I mean, it's just a huge um, that's a huge boost for them. And I think the defense. I don't know. I I still think they're going to be really good. They they finished seventh in defensive DVOA last year, projected by Football Outsiders right now to finish fourteenth. That is a decent step back. I, you know, I know that they're that some of these guys that, that they've drafted, like Javon Kinlaw, over the last now going into his third season, hasn't you know by any means filled in what they lost by trading away DeForest Buckner, opposite Nick Bosa. Samson Ebukam is a fine player, but a guy that the Rams didn't really even mind uh, walk, letting go a few years ago. Obviously, still got Fred Warner, who just having him in the middle leading that defense so important he sees everything he's it's a Aaron Rodgers talked about a lot of QBs have talked about it's always a chess match with that guy and how he's able to anticipate so maybe some questions still in the secondary that we had last year I thought some guys really stepped up over the course of the year maybe they're not perfect uh, at corner necessarily but I think they're still solid enough and I think with that defensive line if they take another step forward as long as Bosa and Warner stay healthy but Armstead too I mean I still think they're going to be solid there. I still, you know, D'Amico Ryans has proven himself to be quickly a really good defense coordinator, probably going to still once again next year be on the on the coaching carousel list of names that you are looking at potentially as a head coach. I think he's put in that, I mean, I, Sean McVay's talked about it. He wishes that someone had hired the guys. <laughs> he really doesn't, you know, he knows how tough of a matchup that is every time. And this team obviously has given the Rams a ton of tr- trouble just over the course of the years despite that NFC title game. So, yeah, I think the ceiling as high as 13. If Trey Lance really doesn't play well, though, it can go down to maybe. I mean, what I think they went like six and ten, seven and eleven um, in 2020. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would go quite that low because that involved Jimmy Garoppolo injuries, but maybe maybe seven as the absolute worst case scenario. But I, I don't anticipate that happening. I'd guess this is going to be at least a 10 win football team, um, and then it just kind of comes down to a couple games where they they win the division or not over the Rams. Yeah, I think that's that's probably it. Uh, I mean, I, again, you look at their schedule, and we talked about I think we pointed out before, like, you talk about the start to their schedule and the possibilities. Like, I mean, they're at the Bears, home against the Seahawks, at the Broncos, home against the Rams, big big game there, Monday night game, at the Panthers, at the Falcons. Um, I mean, that's a – look, I mean, yeah, the Rams are in there. At Denver is going to be tough, but, like, you've got some very winnable mm-hmm. games there. Yeah on the front part of that schedule. And then on the back end, you know, you you get to play Seattle again, like you said. 
get a home game with a team like Washington, Miami, the Saints. Like those to me all feel like teams that could go multiple directions. Um, you know, just kind of depending on how their season goes. So, yeah, it, it does feel like their schedule sets up much, much nicer for sure um, than the Rams. So that is something to keep in mind in terms of this division race. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I think I would probably take their number higher than the Rams here. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would go like. 10 to 13 i think uh for, for the niners yeah. which again is, is higher than the Rams. so um but again i say all that with the caveat that going all the way down to you know i don't think they're going to be I, i'd say i maybe would go down to eight and i'm saying that in if they just have you know if trey lance just becomes someone that they just cannot put on the field uh, i don't think that's going to happen so um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be optimistic here and go ten to thirteen for the brand, for the Niners, to, assuming that things kind of come together. So uh, yeah, pretty high on the Niners as you can tell. So all right, um, the Cardinals are next, eight and a half, uh, the number there. Um, I don't know what the Cardinals. I'm kind of like you, like I don't really know what to expect from them. Um, I mean, I kind of know what to expect from them on offense, although we know. DeAndre Hopkins uh, will be out a little while. Uh, and what does that look like for them? We'll look at their schedule. That, but, I mean, you know, obviously, I just, I don't know, I have a really hard time with this team. Like, again, I, I feel like it, it's more of maybe the same conversation of, I feel like I know what to expect on offense, defense, I don't have, I'm not sure. Uh, but even with the offense, I think they're also unknowns. Um, so, yeah, I don't think the upside is quite there for the Cardinals um, heading into the season. Yeah, I'm not – I mean, just in general, when DeAndre Hopkins went out, their team DVOA just dropped off a cliff. They really struggled over the second half of the year. That's overall been kind of a, a phenomenon in the Kingsbury-Kyler years. They have started pretty well, and as the course of the years, teams get more tape on them and what they're trying to do. They just have not been able to take that second adapt, you know, adapting themselves – uh, on the fly to what other teams are doing to stop their bread and butter stuff and, and in particular with Hopkins it's tough this team also despite not winning the division they still have some pretty cro- tough cross uh, division match- matchups with the Vikings the Eagles teams that we feel pretty good about in the Patriots so it's not like they even though the Rams maybe have a, a tougher three game slate for those cross division uh, cross matchups that aren't your set ones for the whole division i still think those are tough games they have just by virtue of playing san francisco and la twice i imagine this is part of part of it along with all those other teams they have to play the like the bucks the whole afc west they have the projected toughest schedule in the league and i i you know they last year obviously started really hot and i i don't want to say that they can't make the playoffs because i still think they can i think their ceiling is still probably you know when they go last year 10 and 7 or so or 11 and 6 I don't know if I'd quite go that way with this, uh, a schedule that's going from you know they had a pretty tough schedule still last year third so oh man I mean I guess if everything with, with Hopkins out though I'll go 10 as the ceiling um, I'll, I'll go one win less than last year just because that is a lot of games to automatically be losing him just some question marks about overall this this roster from top to bottom I, I, there's some good players but I wouldn't say I'm looking at the Cardinals and thinking, wow, they're going to uh, be a, a team you're really worried about on defense. They struggled as the course of the year went on, defending teams with multiple options. The Rams in that uh, last two games they faced them really just dominated Arizona. They are projected to have the 28th-ranked defense in DVOA after having six mm-hmm. last year. That is one of the biggest projected drop-offs. Just looking quickly through the Football Outsiders manual that I can find, 
Uh, they have them. I, I think the combination of the combined with the this uh, really tough schedule, some regression with the team DeAndre Hopkins being out, they have them projected to only win seven point seven games uh, behind yeah. teams like Detroit. So uh, yeah. it's it, it's interesting. I, I I still think ten wins is uh, is a possibility, but I'd go down to I guess I'd go down to around seven. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe if I really wanted to be overly negative, I'd say six, but I'm not going <laughs> to go there. I'll say seven to ten. I, I don't. I'm not anticipating a seven and ten season, but. I mean, if you go, if you go like two, you know, unless you, if you get swept by the Rams and and the Niners, it's just there's a lot of tough games on there. They're going to have to try to battle to win maybe two out of those four matchups. Then they got put themselves in the conversation again. The NFC not overly deep, top to bottom, so that is to their benefit. But uh, it's just teams that have more advantageous schedules for sure. That might not be better than the Cardinals, but by the end of it, uh, that that number one projected schedule could be the their kryptonite. I think. Yeah, like I'm almost tempted to go down to six, but I'm going to go seven to nine. I think nine is pushing it, honestly. I just don't – like you said, it's it's more of the schedule. I mm-hmm. mean, there, there are obviously some gaps they have to figure out, um, but the schedule is just brutal. Um, yeah, I mean, you open with the Chiefs, go to the Raiders, home against the Rams. You've got the Eagles. You've got the Saints. you got to go to Minnesota. As we said, two games with the Rams, two games with the Niners. you got the Chargers, the Patriots, at the Broncos, the Bucks. <laughs> I mean, it's – it's brutal. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll be optimistic as I usually am. I'll go seven to nine, but I, that's as high as I'm going uh, for the Cardinals. And I, yeah, I think seven or eight is probably the more likely scenario for them. So, um, yeah. all right, the optimism is over because <laughs> uh, we moved to the Seahawks, who, as we were talking about before we hit record, to this point in our. Uh, previews six divisions in we only got the Souths to go the NFC South and AFC South but the Seahawks will tie the Jets for the lowest projected win total of any team in the NFL again to this point in our series I'm trying to think ahead I, I would guess the Texans are maybe in that conversation um, Falcons may also as well but five and a half is the number for the Seahawks and that is quite a change from uh, what Seahawks fans probably are used to uh, in terms of their expectations uh, season in and season out, um, and we know why. There's no Russell Wilson. Their quarterback options um, do not appear to be the best at this point. Uh, that is probably uh, – you still have a quarterback competition, and we are, what, Dylan, a uh, couple week and a half no. out or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, not ideal. So that is something to think about. Um, yeah, you've still got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, but – Again, you don't have Russell Wilson to get them the ball. Great to see Charles Cross coming in. He'll need to be great um, because he'll have to protect whoever it is under center. I don't have a lot of optimism at all with this offense. Uh, the defense, as we said, is not the defense of years past. Um, yeah, they've got Jamal Adams. Yeah, they've got those guys in the, the secondary. But, boy, this is um, – on paper, this is an interesting setup for the Seahawks who are clearly in transition – and, again, yes, their schedule is not as tough as the other teams we've talked about, but, man, I don't I don't know with this team. Like, they just, oh, this is set up for me to be a very, very long season for the Seahawks. Yeah, they're, they're looking ahead, and I wouldn't be surprised if John Schneider already has some quarterback prospect for next year in mind when he when he traded Russell Wilson when all these things happened I, I mean it's not I for all the things we're saying about in the last episode about Russell going to a new place and how it could elevate him it's not like this offense wasn't 
pretty dang good over the course of his career. I believe the stat is that they've only finished outside of the top 10 in DVOA in offense twice in the Russell Wilson era. Even last year, they finished seventh. Like, they were a, a top 10 passing offense last year, too, by DVOA. And, uh, it's just early in the year and late in the year, Russell went off. And they had uh, that obviously got injured. There were some games where he struggled. But overall, a team that last year didn't, you know, their record wasn't indicative of who, how good they really were. You know, they only end up winning seven games. Their Pythagorean win, uh, expected wins was nine. They had a lot of bad luck in one-score games, other games obviously with Russell out. So I, I think it's just they weren't necessarily a bad team, but I do understand at the same time what, what were they really? Were they really contending for a Super Bowl? I don't think so. Even the year before when they lost to the Rams in the first round, they had a good team, but did you, you know, I, I just never really thought if they if they get to the divisional round, they're playing the, maybe that's probably their ceiling a couple of years ago. If they're going to play the Packers or the, or the Buccaneers back then, it's like, I don't know if I'm picking them. And it's, so I get that from that point of view, but man, and I, I know with Russell Wilson, he personally wanted to, a change of scenery and uh if you don't if the guy doesn't want to be in the building that's it's tough to deal with but yeah you're going from a pass offense and an offense that again ranked top 10 despite all those things last year that now is projected that by football outsiders to finish last uh they have the third lowest projected win total in the entire nfl um it's it's bleak the offensive line yeah, like charles cross they better hope he's a uh, pro bowl right off the bat they they're pretty, you know depending on where you look a lot of places have them in the in the 20s at some spot of their offensive line rankings defensive front pretty solid i think but the thing is teams are going to still be able to pass on them um we'll see if they can evolve schematically because uh, year in and year out the rams have for example have given them a hard time and a lot of it is using similar <laughs> similar crossing patterns over deep over the deep third of the field it's like it's just interesting to see especially it was the, the first game in seattle last year where they they went to the same play over and over to robert woods and it just it, small variations and they couldn't stop and it's been that way for years and you just hope coaching staff wise they can uh take a step forward this year but man i uh, you know no matter what the defense does uh, secondary wise you know no matter how good that front is the offense even if the defense takes a little step forward potentially um the offense is going to take such a big step back that i would say that yeah the uh, the five and a half. I mean, floor, ab- like absolute floor. I guess I'll go under that at five, maybe four. Because man, Drew Locke and Gino, that's it's rough. Uh, yeah. Ceiling. I don't see them winning more than six, and that sounds really mean. But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe seven is in their possibility. This still is a good organization in my mind. It has good culture but it is definitely a transition year and i think uh, i'm sure the guys even if they want to be motivated the team might by design be trying to lose again to get that top quarterback prospect uh next season yeah four to six that's my number two i i think six is being generous um i just yeah i do because like you said i i think they have long-term uh future in mind and i just don't really see a lot of um i just i just don't see a a path for them to to be a winning team by any means this year. I just us again, Drew Locke or Gino just have a resurgence the likes of which we have not seen before. So yeah, um, yeah I just I'm not seeing it for the Seahawks. So uh, certainly a different conversation about them and this entire division when we again <laughs> made the jokes in the past about all four making the playoffs. Just don't think that's going to happen this year. So all right, we wrap up with our uh, picks here and we start with division MVP. I told you, Dylan, I'm just going to keep riding this train until this guy retires. Um, before his breakout, you know, historic season, everybody knows I was on the Cooper Cup bandwagon. I'm staying on it. Um, I'm making him the division MVP again here. 
Uh, I think he, yeah, I'm not saying he's going to match last year's numbers. That's yeah. going to be really hard to do. But still, um, he's my pick. Just, I mean, let's be honest. Like, he's he's pretty good. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go with him. So. He, he does everything. He's, uh, you know, obviously Matthew Stafford is the, the probably the, the most important player for the Rams offense. So it's, it's be curious to see what would happen without him in there. But I think in terms of what Cooper Cup brings, he just, it's a whole different, they can't do so many different things with his ability as a blocker, how, how schematically they're able to disguise things with him basically being a de facto tight end and what he does individually after the catch. I mean, everything you, every, every facet of what you could want from a receiver. Um, I, he basically checks every single box. Uh, will it, you know, like you just said, even if numbers aren't there, like last year, which is it's pretty hard to win the triple crown seven twice in the last twenty years or whatever. So, um, I I just I, I still think yeah, his, there's a good chance by the end of it, he's the most valuable player in the division. I went with Aaron Donald still with this. You know, they, uh, I mentioned that uh, without Von Miller, there's maybe a question on that side of the defensive line, but Aaron Donald sets the tone. And without him in the middle, it it is hard to think about this Rams defense being a top top seven ish top eight unit like you like we've expected from them the last few years now um with different iterations from going back to 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 coach phillips to obviously with brandon staley and what raheem has done so yeah i think aaron he's just he's everything to that defense the same way that cooper is on offense but even maybe to a different extent so i'll go with him give a little love to the guy that a lot of people thought should have won super bowl mvp over cooper cup i think you couldn't really go wrong with either of them they could have made him co-mvps but um yeah, yeah i think it's fitting that we uh, mentioned you before the podcast fitting that our, the two guys were the probably the top two vote getters for super bowl mvp end up being our division mvp picks here i feel like all three of these picks like um for each of these categories mm-hmm. like this was the easiest time i've had thus far <laughs> Um, and because I just think that, again, on the surface, they seem like pretty obvious choices, even if they don't pan out. Yeah. Uh, breakout player. I mean, again, I think this is a pretty obvious one. There are certainly some options around the division, but look, if the Niners are going to win 10 to 13 games, um, if that's my ceiling and, and floor for them, I mean, I think it's got to be Trey Lance. So um, I, I will go with him. Uh, he was also the guy I, I said I will regret not drafting in my fantasy yep. league. So. <laughs> I've got, I've got to be all in at this point. So, yeah, Trey Lance is the, the layup pick here, I think, for this one. Yeah, I picked him as well. I know a lot of times I've tried to purposely pick someone else, but in this case I think it, it it's such a big storyline. It's one of the big things that overall – looking forward to following the season even as a as a Rams fan I'm a little scared but um nonetheless I think yeah in Kyle Shanahan's offense for all the reasons we talked about Trey Lance is you know has about as good of a situation to walk into as a young quarterback as you could ask for so even if he doesn't play fantastic football and he's not like a top top tier quarterback I still think by definition, I could, we can count him as a breakout guy if he puts up solid enough numbers to get the Niners to the playoffs. I think he still would be categorized there, and, and the ceiling for it is really uh, is really high. So, you know, we'll see over the course of the year. As we mentioned, they have the biggest gap between floor and ceiling, but I think uh, I feel pretty good about him being a, a breakout player unless, like, you know, unless we, we just mentioned Charles Cross, unless he becomes all pro off the bat or something. Yeah. Like, if you get some guy like that, sure, you can make them put them in the conversation. Brandon Ayuk's already put up solid numbers if he becomes a superstar, I guess. But uh, yeah. I think I felt pretty good about Trey here. All right, well, we're going to double up here on the next one, too, because yes. uh, this is one, like we said, it. I mean, you, you think about it and you're like, okay, let's take a look here. Maybe there's some options you're not thinking about. But really, this is a division where, in terms of fantasy MVP, you know, the running back position, there's not really, I mean, when you think about it, right, like there's just not really any running backs I think you're going to look at as just top fantasy mm-hmm. scores. Um, like we said, I mean, if Cam Akers, 
you know, top form, maybe he's a he's a breakout type player, but I don't think he's your fantasy division MVP by any means. So, yeah, once again, you know where I'm going here. I'm going to go back to Cooper Cup. If he's going to be my division MVP, he's probably going to be the fantasy MVP too. So, um, to me, that's probably the best choice. Um, other options, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I guess Debo is probably one. Yeah. Um, I honestly think that's probably it. Like, I think it's I think it's Cooper Cup or Debo are probably your only two legit choices unless Trey Lance goes mm-hmm. full Lamar Jackson or something and um, or Patrick Mahomes and then maybe he's in that conversation. <laughs> yeah, he'd have to do that and it's just hard to anticipate that leap. I mean, there's only so many guys that can have seasons like uh, Patrick had his first year starting in 2018 and Lamar in his MVP 2019 season. So yeah, um, I, I pick Cooper Cup as well. I think it's the safest pick even with accounting for the fact again that his numbers probably won't be as insane as last year it's just really hard to put up that level of production consistently over a full season and he gets the extra season extra game obviously but still at his rate stats through 16 were pretty dang good so i'll go with cooper cup like you mentioned debo i guess if the niners win the division division mvp wise you could argue for debo potentially because of i think for all the different things he does in cooper cup his importance to the identity and what they want to do as an offense is very vital he's a a pillar piece for them there so i think debo maybe yeah if he if he has a uh you know a jump in some of his numbers consistently uh he he does get those carries and everything and we see what he can do when he has the football in his hands so uh yeah maybe debo it's very possible but i think it's but yeah for me unless trey does something that is just really hard to put that much pressure on a guy i think it's cup or or debo and I, i yeah cup just man like it's hard to imagine him going down too far statistically based on who he has with Matthew Stafford there with what they've kind of tapped into and now what Al, you know Allen Robinson will even open up for him at times. So yeah, I think Cup's a good choice there. Yep, I think he is the choice, and uh, we will see if anyone else joins that conversation. But uh, there you go. There are our thoughts on the NFC West, and of course, Dylan uh, got it all covered over clutch points as we are getting closer and closer. To the start of the season, um, not far away at this point. And so uh, let everybody know they can find all that. You can follow the last week of preseason games in the Clutch Points app. Tons of NFL content that we've been pushing out. A lot of fantasy stuff, rankings, sleepers, underrated, overrated, sleepers, ADP guys, all that good stuff. If you search fantasy football on clutchpoints.com, you can find that content in the NFL section on the site and the website, or at the site and the app. Tons of previews. We'll, it won't be too long. and Probably next week we'll start having our full season previews for every single team. Uh, still been going through a lot of stuff on guys that are vying for first string jobs, first stringers that could lose their jobs, guys that are going to make the final cuts on roster day. So all that good stuff in the NFL section. If you search your team uh, on the website too, you can find a feed. There's also uh, sections for every team on the website at clutchpoints.com. So tons of tons of team-by-team content as well as NFL content overall. A lot of, a lot of good stuff that's really – at this point, just out of control. How much? Uh, how many things we're doing every day? <laughs> yeah, be sure to check it all out. You got to get your reading in before the start of the season. So, uh, check all that out. And uh, again, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, search for Stop the Fast. And uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time on the Stop the Fast podcast.